You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Aw, yeah, we're not the Seuss that talk football, we're the dudes that know football, and you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? You got that right, my friend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Next stop. <laughs> The Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, October 18th, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Dave, it's a brutal 90 degrees up here in the Sherm, dude. Dude, it's actually a nice cool 60 here in the uh, evening dusk uh, time here in Santa Monica, so it's quite nice. People don't understand the difference between the west side and the valley, man. SFV <laughs> is burning up. Global warming, shmormal warming. All right, Dave. <laughs> In today's episode, we're adding more star players to our all-star fantasy injury team. The big boss man gets a contract extension. The jet is headed back home to Kansas City. Me and this cat are down by the schoolyard. And we're going to check out all the awesome games from the upcoming week. But before we get to all that, no trip into the zone without the tasty nugs for the peoples. All right. I do have a nug for the peoples. The last uh, last week, 12 of the 15 games were within one score in the first fourth quarter. Fif- 10 of the 15 <clears throat> decided by eight points or less. And going into week seven, all 32 teams have now played at least one game separated by five points or less. I know personally, my Chargers have, do those all of those things every week. So I experienced that excruciating uh, three and a half hours or three hours and 10 minutes. Uh, each week, and I sign up for it again happily the next week. No one told the Chargers that's not a prerequisite. You don't have to do it. Yeah. You can, but you don't have to. Every week, decided. By oh, maybe get two minutes of relief, three hours of misery for maybe just relief. It doesn't even bring joy. <laughs> Why do we do it? We're crazy. The trends on this podcast you're listening to right now available for subscription for. Free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we're now on Amazon Music. All right, Dave, take yep. a deep breath. We got a bunch of injuries to get to. Get lubed up and hit us with the Glamour Boys, the quarterbacks. Yep. Starting with Justin Fields of the Bears. He's got that dislocated thumb. Depending on if there's ligament damage there, um, timetable to be determined, at least missing this week, and then in all likelihood, several weeks. Ryan Tannehill, he's got a high ankle sprain. Last time he had one of those, he missed two weeks, then three weeks after that to finish the season off on IR. Uh, so expect him to be back maybe by week 10. Uh, Jimmy G had a back injury, but they took him to the hospital. So there's anticipating maybe that it was a kidney damage, uh, bruise or something like that. So um, he's projected to be back in week eight at this point in time. Trevor Lawrence now officially questionable. For Thursday night football with that knee, maybe a meniscus issue where he might have to have that cleaned up. Um, so we'll see what the timeline is unknown right now, but questionable for Thursday night football. So a bunch of quality quarterbacks there going to be shelved for a little while. That's brutal. And what about the running back situation? Yeah, it started off with David Montgomery for the Lions. He's got a rib injury. He should be out uh, until week eight. Uh, both Kieran Williams of the Rams and Ronnie Rivers uh, of the Rams both out. The ankle injury for Kieran's got him out. He's supposed to be back by week nine, 
Ronnie Rivers has a sprained PCL, so he's been placed on IR. So that'll be at least four weeks off for Rivers. Damian Harris of the Bills had that scary neck injury, mm-hmm. took him to the hospital hospital after that. Timeline unknown at this point in, in time. Uh, and so Christian McCaffrey, o- oblique and rib injury, projected week 10 return for him after the bye. Yeah, we'll go ahead and keep it in San Francisco, but move it to a new position. Debo Samuel, he's got that shoulder injury he's working through. They project him to come back in week 10. DK Metcalf, he's got a little hip injury. He's probably going to play. And then tight end Hunter Henry for the Patriots. He's got an ankle injury. He's probably going to miss a couple of weeks too. All right, Dave, the big boss man getting a contract extension. Turns out that these NFL owners like money. Yeah, dude. Yeah, imagine that. (laughs) Goodell has done amazing stuff since he started his tenure in 2006 in terms of growing the league, financially speaking, including playing games in Europe, something that Goodell initiated there and is expected to continue to expand uh, over the course of this new deal, which is expected to run through 2027. Global domination, man. It is in effect with this league. Worldwide love's never been higher. And Dave, Frank Reich, taking a little bit off of his plate there. Yeah, uh, Frank Reich expected to give up, well, officially is giving up play calling to uh, offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, the uh, running back play design guru, formerly of the Rams. He had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, so hopefully that means he's qualified. Uh, The Obviously, uh, the offense there looking to get a little spark somehow. All right, spark it up, and... The Chiefs looking for a little bit of help at wide receiver. They're going to uh, some familiarity with that. Yeah, it looks like the Chiefs are still a little unsatisfied. They're trying to collect more talent, and they're bringing one back. It's McCall Hardman trading from the Jets back to the Chiefs. It'll be a late-round swap of 2025 draft picks to get the deal done. Of course, Hartman was a second-rounder for the Chiefs in 19, played four years there, and was pretty successful, just really didn't emerge the way they'd hoped he would. So they let him walk. Jets gave him a one-year, $4 million contract. Obviously, after a little while, they decided that wasn't worth it. It wasn't working out. He played just 28 snaps for the offense and two special team snaps, just catching one football for the Jets. It's not like – so it's kind of hard to imagine that he couldn't get on the field and make an impact there. Yeah, and like what's he going to do in Kansas City? He wasn't really catching the ball a lot there before he left, so – I don't know if this is the answer for those guys either. And Dave, if this was like six or seven years ago, I would yeah. be completely bummed out about this news. This I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the Eagles adding uh, wide receiver Julio Jones uh, off the couch, as <laughs> as people like to say, right? <laughs> Signing Jones to their 53 man roster on Tuesday, and obviously they're looking for him to just take a supporting role as some of their guys are banged up. Uh, in the receiving core for the Eagles, but I think he's got a little juice left. He's got a little something left in the legs there. So we'll see. Obviously they're not going to be leaning on him for too much. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's get to the action, baby. It is week seven. Week seven. Yeah. It's week seven. Dude. It's slipping away. (laughs) What happened? I don't know. Where's it going? Oh, So fast, dude. How many games have come and gone? I know. Too many. 
But at least we have more. We're still in October. You know, we're really going to start sweating this soon. But let's go ahead and get this thing going. A little Thursday night football. Jacksonville Jaguars at the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are pointing to have favorites in this one. Hmm. Interesting. Obviously, the news uh, has trickled out about the availability of the Trevor Lawrence there. But how about the Saints, Casey? Uh, three and three coming off of disappointing loss to the Texans, 20 to 13, where they were only able to score three points in the second half. The fourth quarter consisted of a missed field goal, a turnover on downs, and an interception. Seemed like a very winnable game for the Saints, and they let it get away. Where they're down there on the uh, Texans side of the field all game long, it seemed like, and just wouldn't able to cash in, especially uh, in this situation. Get Derek Carr passed for a season high 353 yards in this game. Alvin Kamara, seven receptions, 104 scrimmage yards, and Chris Olave, seven catches for 96 yards. Michael Thomas even had five catches, and Rashid Shahid had 103 scrimmage yards in a TD. Listing all that stuff, you'd think, wow, they just Win. rolled the Texans, right? Somehow they found a way not to cash in on all that points-wise. New Orleans offense hasn't been very good this year, scoring just 18.2 uh, points a game. And the defense is what they normally count on. They're in the top 10 in all the major stats, including third in total yards and on third down. And holding teams to just 16 points a game. Uh, they're going to need a good defensive performance against the Jags, that, um, a team that has been on a roll. Yeah, and unfortunately for those Jags, this game is on Thursday. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence. They're saying he's day-to-day, -day, but on Tuesday, C.J. Uh, Bether took most of the first-team snaps. We saw that point uh, spread shift to making the Saints favorites. That makes me think there's something behind the scenes there. The Jags say they expect Lawrence to play. I'm just not so sure. He has started all 40 of a, a games in his career. He'd like to keep that streak going. Speaking of streaks, we're going streaking. No, Jacksonville running back Travis Etienne, dude, through six games, six in the NFL with over 450 rushing yards and five touchdowns. And he's uh, leading the league in carries with 113. I guess he can be an every down back. And he's carried to the Jags to wins with fourth quarter touchdown runs, a 26-yarder in week one against the Colts and a 35-yarder week five versus the Bills. So not only is he getting a lot of carries, he's doing it late and taking over games. That's what you'd love to see in your running back. And um, defensively, this team plus five in the turnover ratio. And now five different players with at least three sacks, including Josh Allen with seven. That's bad news considering Derek Carr has already been sacked 17, uh, 17 times on the season and twice in every game so far. Ooh. <laughs> maybe he won't want to come back <laughs> right yeah. they got another week off there <laughs> okay all right up next casey it is the lions at the ravens ravens surprisingly our favorite by three in this one casey yeah dude this is a huge game the ravens currently lead a stacked afc north at four and two but every team in the north has at least three wins man this is going to be toit lamar's got 14 carries of 10 or more yards that's more than 11 other NFL teams have. Uh, Lamar's doing a little bit of everything for them. But this team, dude, the Ravens, they're starting strong and they're fading late in games. That's a disturbing trend we saw for the last few years. Now, this Todd Munkin yeah. is an offense uh, in progress, if you will, but they need more production from the receivers and much more production in the red zone. 
um, that's receivers not named Zay Flowers. Aguilar, Bateman, and OBJ are combined 35 for 405 with one TD. Zay, 35 for 367 and one TV. So those guys got to start producing. Um, no defense care. holding teams to just 4.1 yards per play. That's good for second in the NFL, but that is going to be very tough to maintain this week, especially them not getting a bye after the London game and the Detroit Lions coming to town. Ooh. Yeah, how about this Lions team, dude? It's continuing to roar at 5-1. and one. He only lost to, to uh, the Seahawks in overtime in week two. Uh, last week, they handled the Bucks 20 to 6, and Jared Goff was awesome. 30 of 44, 68 plus percent. Season high, 353 passing yards and two touchdowns, zero picks, a 107.5 rating. Goff is feeling good back there, man. Jameer Gibbs and Dave, uh, David Montgomery likely out, so it's probably going to be Craig Reynolds who came in last game and looked okay. He had 43 scrimmage yards after Montgomery went down, so it's hard to say, you know. Uh, what they're getting there. But um, Amon Ross St. Brown, dude, led the team with a career-high 12 catches, 124 yards in a TD last week. Jamison Williams even gotten himself into the end zone. And Sam Laporta, dude, continues to thrive for this team, tied for first among tight ends in receiving touchdowns with three and second in receiving yards with 325 on the season. And he's killing it as far as rookie records go. So offense is really overall very good. Third in yards, fourth in passing, eighth in rushing, and fourth in points with 28 points a game. So no weak spots on this mm-hmm. Lions offense. The the year this year, the defense much improved over last year's group, ranking eighth now in yards and number one versus the run, giving up just 18.8 points a game. That's top 10. So this Lions team, they're shaping out to be a real solid football team on both sides of the football. Yeah, if they stay healthy, they're definitely legit, dude. Both sides of the ball real. really getting it done. Oh, man. Yep. All right, a game that's eh, not as good as that one. We're talking the Las Vegas Raiders at the Chicago Bears, and the Raiders are three-point favorites. Yep, and the Raiders are on a two-game win streak, but Jimmy G has that back issue yep. that could keep him out. That's so crazy talk. Be- two-game win streak? Two games in a row. Right in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, will it be Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell? Interesting question because Hoyer came in in relief last week for the injured car, but O'Connell played when the team had a week to prepare um, for, uh, you know, replacing Garoppolo. So uh, he showed some flashes like in the preseason that were intriguing. Uh, Josh Jacobs last week led the team with 93 scrimmage yards. And he seems to be slowly getting back on the track like he was last year as the league uh, rusher. The Bears have their own injury situation, obviously, with Justin Fields dislocated some. So, um, you know, you got Tyson Badgett there in all likelihood. The rookie. Badgett, we don't need no stinking (laughs) Badgett. Right. Obviously, Justin Fields is going to be out for this one. Very likely many more. So Badgett is the dude right now. 10 of 14 in relief last week. Good news. That's 71%, 83 yards. And he had uh, his first career rush TD last week. So he wasn't horrible by any stretch of imagination, but he's no Justin Fields. But, you know, I mean, Justin Fields only just started to emerge and play some more complete football uh, when this unfortunate injury came around. So let's see if Badgett can make the best of this opportunity. And they think they're talking about Fields coming back in a week or two. 
Dak had, well, we don't know if there's similar injuries, but with the thumb yeah. on the throwing hand, I can't imagine that he's back anytime soon. Listen, uh, to yeah, Maybe. hard to imagine. Yeah. All right, Casey, moving along. It is the Browns at the Colts. The Browns are favored by two and a half in this one. Yeah, dude, and these Browns stunned the NFL world with their huge win over the 49ers last week. Jim Schwartz, yep. defense, putting the league on notice, dude. Limited the Niners to a season low of just 125 receiving, receiving yards. Held Purdy to 44% completions and knocked CMC and Debo right out of the game. Not sure if uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be back for this one, but if P.J. Walker can beat the Niners going 18-34 to 34 for 192 and two interceptions, he should be okay against these Colts. The Colts yeah. move forward um, with shoulder surgery for Anthony Richardson, officially shutting him down for the rest of the year. Conversely, Jonathan Taylor saw his snaps hit a season high at 33 last week. Unfortunately, eight carries for just 19 yards. They're going to need Mucho Moss. That's Moss, not Moss. <laughs> Moss. That is Moss, JT, to stay in this game. <laughs> nice. What a lay. Spit it back back around like that. <laughs> you know how we do it, Dave. Yeah. Clever. <laughs> All right. Up next, AFC East battle, the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. And those Bills are nine point favorites. Woo, man. I can I gotta tell you what, it feels like the Patriots have hit an all-time low point under Bill Belichick. I cannot remember the last time they lost three straight football games. And at one and five, they're solidly in last place. Zeke Elliott had a touchdown. So did Stevenson. And uh, how about uh, Kendrick Bourne? He had a career-high 10 catches for 89 yards last week. That being said, the Pats offense is generally not very good. And uh, the defense is just above average. A Belichick defense, just above average, barely. Making this likely the fourth straight loss for New England and Bill Belichick. We'll have to wait one more week at least to get that elusive 300th regular season win. Oh, you want to talk about ugly football, Dave? I got some for you. Bill's coming off a really ugly win over the Giants, but ugly wins are better than ugly losses. True. And, you know, they are going up against the tough Patriot defense, but you wouldn't know it because that Patriots offense, as you said, has been really bad. They could keep things interesting. The last two weeks, the Bills have only scored seven first-half points, so they're going to need something like that. Bills have to get out to a quicker start. Um, even with that slow start, they're averaging over 28 points a game. That's third best in the league, converting third downs at f- over 49% and scoring in the red zone at 75%. That all makes me think that's bad news for the Patriots and got to show this Bills defense from some love. They've only allowed four passing touchdowns on the season. Wow. That's tied for the least amount in the NFL. They're allowing under 15 points a game. And letting teams score in the red zone only 35%, including 0 for 5 or 5 for 5 versus the Giants, however you want to say it, last week, including that goal line stand at the end of the game. 13 takeaways, 24 sacks. Um, That's really bad for those Patriots, averaging (laughs) 12 points a game. And you mentioned it. The hoodie looking for that 300th win. He's still on the bad side of that. The Bills looking for their fifth in a row over the Patriots. I think we're Ooh. we're stuck on 299. <laughs> At least another <laughs> week, Dave. Yeah. Hey, it is the NFL. It is divisional. It is any given Sunday. But, but, yeah. 
All right. Moving along. It is the Commanders at the Giants. Uh, minus three. The Commanders are favored by three in this one. You know, these G-Men, they did show fight last week, and that's not all you can ask for, but at least it's a start. Um, it was their first non-double-digit loss of the season. That's progress. They signed <laughs> offensive lineman Justin Pugh. Pew pew! Straight off the couch, as we yeah. were saying earlier. Pretty remarkable story with that guy, actually. But this offense, even with the pew pew, has not been able to fire any bullets. And I'm really worried about that O-line versus the Washington defensive front, especially consider the Giants um, did not score an offensive touchdown for the third consecutive game and they have not scored uh in the first half of a game this season Ugh. but tyrod and company didn't turn the ball over and that kept them in the bills game last week mm -hmm. and i'm gonna go out on a limb here i think the giants need to score at least one touchdown to have any chance to win this game i know dave call me crazy and it's hard <laughs> to say the that PDs, huh? <laughs> yeah. it is hard to say that the offense looked better with Tyrod at quarterback, but it actually did. You know, uh, um, DJ missed last week with a neck injury. I'm not sure this is the game that you rush him back for, especially with Von Miller. Uh, well, not Von Miller last week, especially with um, that front sweat. Um, yeah. The monsters for these Washington uh, commandos. I was thinking about my bills over there, what they did to the um, Giants last week. Anyways, he had um, Saquon back last week, 93 yards on 24 carries. Things are starting to look a little bit better. Um, speaking of looking better, the Giants will wear their legacy games uniforms versus the commandos. Will it help? Not sure. We'll Not see, sure. though, Casey. We'll see. The commandos sitting at two and three. Uh, haven't beaten the uh, Atlanta Falcons last week, 24 to 16. That's a good win for them. Sam Howell has played two impressive games in a row uh, in that loss to the Bears. And now uh, last week when he set career highs with three uh, pass TDs and 119.7 rating, uh, they're going to need more of that because uh, Washington offense has not established the run like they would like, gaining under 90 yards per game. That's 25th in the league rushing. And the defense is surprisingly not good, Casey, ranking 28th in total yards, 29th in points in a league, uh, and giving up uh, over 29 points a game. Uh, so uh, good news, though, Commanders. Yeah, you do get the, the Giants this week. So maybe a that is. good chance to, to bolster those defensive uh, stats there. Chase Young and Deron Payne were the defenders that I couldn't think of. I just I had that visual. I was going for Payne, Casey. I was yeah. going for Payne. <laughs> I just had that visual of Von Miller walking into the game last <laughs> week. So um, There will be pain. Oh, there will be pain. All right, Dave. Up next, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And these Bucks are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, the Falcons coming off uh, are sitting at three and three, coming off that loss previously mentioned uh, uh, to the Commanders. Uh, Desmond Ritter has played better of late. Uh, last week, passing for 307 yards and two touchdowns in the second straight game with 300 yards, uh, and second straight start with uh, two touchdown passes. Uh, Bijan Robinson had five catches and 80 scrimmage yards, and he leads all running backs uh, in receptions with 26. So that's pretty good. Uh, he ranks second in receiving yards with 189 and third in scrimmage yards with 590 on the season. So he's starting to rack up some stuff, but he has only two touchdowns on the season. Got to get him in the end zone, please. 
fantasy request. Also, Tyler Algier rushing for 51 yards last week. So this is a gr- a really solid run uh, attack there. Uh, Drake London had a career-high nine receptions, 125 yards last week. So uh, both tight end uh, Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith each had a touchdown last week. So things starting to click a little bit for Ritter and company uh, down there. But uh, how about Atlanta's uh, offense struggling to score overall, just 16 and a half points, ranking 29th in the NFL. Uh, but the Atlanta defense is surprisingly good, ranking second in yards per game and fourth in the uh, versus the pass, 11th versus run, second best on third down and giving up just 20 points a game. That ranks 14th in the league. So uh, defensively, they, they got the right formula. Run the ball effectively and then play some strong defense, and you can be in a lot of football games and try and find a way to win. Well, Baker and these boys, they really struggled last week against a very good Lions team, but most everybody struggles against the Lions. The Bucks still in first place and could extend that lead with the win over these Falcons. Tampa had to settle for two field goals inside the red zone last week. Because the Bucks were just 2 of 12 on third down, including 0 for 4 in short yardage situations. That helped wear down the Bucks defense, who are pretty good against the Lions, considering they were on the field so much. Mm-hmm. Run game really hasn't been there yet. As a team, only 46 yards rushing last week. They got to get Baker some help. They love the play action, Bake does. And Trey Palmer and Bake were this close to really making some stuff happen last week. Just missed out on a couple big-time plays. Mike Evans even had a few drops, too, but that's nothing that can't be fixed. They do like what they saw in the return of Kalaja Kansi. Him and Vita Vea up front were great, and they need to dominate on Sunday. Through six weeks, these Bucks ranked second in the league with a blitz rate of 41%. Talk about those Falcons. They've turned the ball over eight times in their previous three games, so that might help. The Bucks, but what is not working for the Bucks is their third down defense, 31st in the league, allowing teams Oof. to convert over 49%. This is a really big game for both of these teams, man, especially in that NFC South. Yeah, tight division as it has been, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody's division right now, seems like. Just yep. about. Maybe not. Just about. All right, <laughs> moving on to the late games, Casey. Maybe uh, not the Panthers. <laughs> I was okay. <laughs> I didn't want to point them out. Everybody but, else. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else, go, go, go. All right, moving on. It is the Steelers at the Rams. It's a Super Bowl fourteen rematch in which Warren Beatty got reincarnated. Wait a minute. You know, that's not it. That's heaven can wait. That was a great movie, <laughs> though, the original. The original, right? Yeah. In Super Bowl fourteen, it was the Rams 13-10 to 10 at halftime, but in the fourth quarter, Steelers able to score 14 points on Terry Bradshaw's 73-yard bomb to John Stoworth and Franco Harris's one-yard TD run, giving the Steelers the win and Bradshaw the MVP despite throwing three picks. Hard to believe, right? Yeah. Fun fact, Casey, 30-second commercial back then, $222,000. Pretty pricey, I'll tell you what. Righteous but- bucks. The same 30-second Super Bowl ad in Super Bowl 57, a cool 7 mil. What inflation, man? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Inflation, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let me talk about these Rams, Dave. The good news, Rams finally found their run game, 174 on the ground versus the cards. Bad news. (laughs) You mentioned it. No Williams or Ronnie Rivers. They're both going to be out for a little bit, McVay said on Wednesday. So they went out and they signed Miles Gaskin off the Vikings practice squad. 
They're also going to look to get help from Zach Evans and maybe even Royce Freeman. That's a bummer because these Rams have finally found that offensive balance. Now, yeah. shockingly, dude, these Steelers are not good against the run. I'm sure you're going to get into that, but yep. now I expect the Rams to go back to the heavy pass game, and why wouldn't you? You got a healthy Cooper Cup. Last week, 7 for 148 and a touchdown. 2-2 Atwell's crushing it, and rookie sensation Puka Nakua setting all kinds fun. of records. It's fun to say, Puka yeah. Nakua. It means no worries. Um, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> Stafford, though, has to take better care of the football. Five interceptions on the season, and he's been sacked 16 times. Those are both things that the Steelers do well. Speaking of D and Pittsburgh, former Pitt Panther Aaron Donald is still really good. Three TFLs <laughs> last week. Would the Rams consider moving the future Hall of Famer for a major Hall of Draft capital? If Les would say F them picks, mm. next two games should help determine that question. Very interesting. I thought that they've been surprising this year so far. So I would be surprised if they move on from a superstar like Aaron Donald. All right, let's move on to the Steelers, the three and two Steelers coming off their bye, but had a big divisional win the week prior, eking out that win against division opponent uh, Baltimore, 17 to 10. Pitt winning. Uh, has a winning record, Casey, despite being negative 32 in the points differential. And Pitt is also one of the worst offenses and defenses in the league. On offense, they're 31st in yards and 30th in points at less than 16 points a game. On defense, 30th in yards and 20th in points given up at 22 points a game. With five TDs and four picks, Pickett is ranked 27th in passer rating, and Najee Harris is 28th in yards per game and has yet to score a TD this season. On Terry a Bradshaw note, rolling over in his grave. Right. On a positive note, Jalen Warren had 79 yards from scrimmage last week. Pickens had a season-high six catches and 130 yards and to, uh, his second touchdown of the year. The Steelers are plus five in the turnover ratio with 11 takeaways, an enormous part of the equation for how they're winning their football games this should be an ugly game casey and the steelers have a decent chance at another unlikely victory you know how to mix it up will there be any terrible towels at sofi or Hinesfield west <laughs> i imagine so <laughs> all right moving along casey it is the cardinals at the seahawks seahawks at home are favored by eight in this one Hawks coming off a tough road loss to the Bengals, and they had so many chances to win the game. They just couldn't capitalize. Just three points scored on four trips into the red zone in the second half. They might be lamenting that loss. Um, rookie, uh, or rookie Devin Witherspoon and Trey Brown, not a rookie, playing outstanding defense, and now adding Jamal Williams back in that mix, yeah. that back end of the defense. Uh don't want to say Legion of Boom 2.0 yet, but some nice, nice pieces there. As for the cards, well, they designate Kyler Murray off of Pup. That's good. And Buda oh. Baker off IR. So that's something. <laughs> that is, is something, what Casey. It is. <laughs> it is an NFL football game. Let's remember. <laughs> NFL yeah. caliber players. <laughs> and we'll be watching it. All right, Dave, let's go ahead and move it forward. We have the Green Bay Packers at the Denver Broncos, and the Packers are one-point favorites. This is also a Super Bowl rematch, Super Bowl 32, where Terrell oh. Davis was flying blind, man. But no mm -hmm. migraine could slow him down. He went 30 for 157 yards and three touchdowns. 
John Elway with that helicopter run down by the goal line. And the Broncos took down Brett Favre and his baseball and the Green Bay Packers. 31-24 from the Murph in San Diego, securing the Lombardi for Pat Bolin, famously saying, this one's for John. <laughs> All right, Case. Back to the present where this isn't quite a, a matchup of Super Bowl <laughs> caliber teams. The two and three Packers versus the one and five Broncos. Not exactly must see football, but likely a pretty good matchup between two desperate teams that absolutely need this win to keep their seasons alive. In the AFC, the Broncos, Casey, currently are ranked last in the playoff rankings. And the, and the NFC, the Pack are actually just a half game out of the seventh seed. So interesting juxtaposition right. there. Uh, either way, both kind of feel like they have to get this win. And uh, both offensive, both offenses have really underwhelmed this year. Wilson has been the better of the two quarterbacks, although the Packers have scored more points per game. It's the Broncos defense, which separates itself. Casey ranking 32nd in yards, points and versus the run and 30th versus the pass. It's pretty hard to do all of those things. I suppose that's how the Packers are favored to win in Denver. Ugh. Yeah, it doesn't compute, man. Ugh. Brutal. Bad vibes, man. Bad. That vibes. was a good defense last year. Yeah. I guess, you know, they got the new coach in there after, you know, the poorest coaching ever last season. Right. And, man, you know, the change is palpable. Yeah. Well, or maybe wow. it's not. All right, Dave, we're going to go ahead and keep it in AFC West. Your Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Just what we need after dropping a game on Monday Night Football, right? Heading yeah. on over to the Chiefs when they got a long week and we got a short week. The two and three Chargers coming off their third loss of the season, all by three points or less. This one, a 2017 loss at home to the Cowboys. Eckler had 62 scrimmage yards last week in his first appearance since week one not quite the impact the chargers were hoping for honestly in the run game we haven't run the football since week one uh in it with any effectiveness keenan allen has been amazing fantastic all season averaging over 100 receiving yards per game uh he is just a third down machine seems hard to co to cover unfortunately Impossible. uh Unfortunately, Herbert missed him a handful of times on Monday night, uh, which would have maybe changed the outcome of that game. But who knows? Josh Palmer has been stepping up in the absence of Mike Williams, and he's made some big plays. Gerald Everett had a touchdown last week, so he's stepping it up. Really haven't seen Quentin Johnson, the rookie sensation at a TCU, really do anything at all this year. Hoping to find him uh, in the mix and sort of finding a role for himself as we move forward. Maybe it starts this weekend. Uh, Justin Herbert has been great, though. Fifth best passer rating uh, for any quarterback in the league at 101.7. Passed for 227, two touchdowns and a pick last week. That pick was at the very end of the game, though. You got to throw the football uh, and try and make a play, right? Uh, but despite those numbers, he did struggle versus the Dallas pass rush. He missed a handful of throws that would have been big plays, as I mentioned. Moving forward to this team, Spags, Chris Jones, the Chiefs defense, they know how to apply pressure. Usually Herbert thrives. But last week, he did not so much. Overall, the Chargers offense has been pretty good. Uh, they're sixth in yards, fifth in passing, seventh in points at over 25 points a game, but only 18th in rushing. And that really is bolstered by a really nice run game in week one. Since then, they have really been not able to run worth a crap, um, averaging less than three yards a carry in the other games. 
The defense was absolutely shredded early in the season. They have incrementally improved each week, and I mean just incrementally, not a heck of a lot. But there are signs in here that the defense is playing better football. Uh, They've been actually very effective at rushing the quarterback. They rank third in the NFL with 21 sacks, and they're actually uh, tied for fourth on third down defensively. Um, So they're actually um, first in sacks per game because they already had their bye. So technically they're leading the league in the sack category. Still the Bolts defense on the downside, 31st in total yards, 32nd versus the pass, 23rd in points given up at almost 25 a game. Uh, They are 14th versus the run, which sounds crappy, but compared to last year where they were in the 30s all year long, that's an enormous improvement. They do have to find a way to, to play better versus the pass, though. The defense is leading the league in first downs by penalty with 18. We saw several of those last week, right? Several of those last week's a blaring problem that they have to clean up. In fact, in their three losses, each of those games had a penalty that resulted in a first down on a third down that resulted in points on the drive in games that we lost by three points or less. So clean up those particular penalties on those particular plays and who knows, we can maybe win some more football games. Kansas City hasn't been dominant uh, as they have been in the past, certainly offensively, but they always seem to do just enough to get the W, right? And so winning the turnover battle this week would be a huge uh, you know, deal there. We're plus five on the season uh, in, that, in that category. So uh, if we can get that done and then kind of play like eh, the perfect game, then we're going to be right there with the Chiefs threatening to beat them with two minutes left. <laughs> well, maybe this is the time because these chiefs aren't looking very chief, like, but are still <laughs> five and one, which is very yeah. chief. Like yep. what isn't very chief. Like is that they are doing it with defense. These chiefs yeah. have only given up 88 points or just under 15, a game on the season tied for third in the league. And on Thursday night football, they held the Broncos to just 197 yards of total offense. Only 82 passing yards and eight points. Those are both season lows for the Broncos. And on 10 Denver possessions, the Broncos had five punts, three giveaways, a turnover on downs, and one touchdown. And they sacked (laughs) Russell Wilson four times. The Chiefs are also the only team to hold every opponent under 22 points. So Mm. the Chiefs are doing it on defense. That's kind of scary. What is also unchief-like was a lack of offensive production last week. 11 possessions and just 19 points. And in the red zone, one of five. Mm. And we talked earlier, they're bringing McCall Hardman back. They're still looking for a number one wideout. Rice is nice. The rookie wide receiver has got multiple catches in every game this season. 21 for 245 and two touchdowns. Um, but if you're in a pinch and you need the offense to move Swiftly, it's time for Killer Trav. He had a hundred yards last week in the first half. His sixth a hundred yard receiving game versus the Broncos, and his thirty-sixth hundred yard receiving game overall, which is an NFL record for tight ends. And how do the Chiefs make the playoffs every year? We talk about it, Dave. Patrick Mahomes now twenty-eight and three versus the AFC West, including twelve in a row against. The Broncos. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they play the Chargers this week, Casey. But real quick to touch on what you said. 
the Chiefs being a little bit less effective in the red zone. The Chargers have a pretty good red zone defense this year. They're a bend but don't break defense. Maybe that plays in the Chargers' favors. You mentioned uh, also that defense playing so well. Last year, they put all those young guys in, and they just sort of grew, and they ended up winning a Super Bowl. Now they're really clicking. And then Kelsey, what can you say? He is always an absolute killer. Yeah. Simple as that. They don't call killer trap for nothing. <laughs> All right, moving to Sunday Night Football. It's the Dolphins at the Eagles. This is a surprise a little bit to me, Casey, that the Eagles are favored by two and a half with this uh, Dolphins team playing the way they are. Eagles favored by two and a half. You know why? Because the Eagles are set to wear their Kelly Green helmets and jerseys on Sunday night. Ooh, and yeah. as much as I hate the Eagles, I can't lie, those are pretty rad looking. But they'll look much better if the Eagles lose. (laughs) Like they did last week against the Jets. But really, dude, that was a game they had no business losing. Um, But the Eagles Eagles are completely banged up. Scumbag Pesque or Coach Sirianni is not giving out any information (laughs) on it. But right tackle Lane Johnson left last week's game with an ankle injury. Reed Blankenship left the game with a rib injury. Uh, Darius Slay and Jalen Carter both missed the game last week. That could mean a lot of trouble versus this high-powered Miami offense. They cannot turn the ball over, though. The Eagles had four of those bad boys last week. Hurts with three interceptions. That's why they lost the damn game. A.J. Brown, he went over 100 receiving yards for the fourth straight game, dude. Seven grabs, 131 yards. And he's been dominating in those four games a total of 31 receptions, 564 yards, and two touchdowns. Besides Mm. the turnovers, the problem last week, DeAndre Swift, 10 carries for 18 yards and a fumble. But it gets worse in the second half, only nine first downs and 155 total yards and zero points. That will not get it done against the Dolphins. Eagles still sitting at 5-1, and but after this game, Washington, Dallas, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners, and Dallas again, and throw in Seattle too. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, Dave. Well, not really a crown, more like a second place ribbon. And even though I hate the stupid Eagles, you got to give it up for Kelsey, not Tay-Tay's boyfriend, center Jason Kelsey, who on Sunday became the Eagles all-time leader in consecutive starts with 145. And so far he's played every single offensive snap for the Eagles. I do have to give it up. Well done, sir. That is amazing, especially like the quality of play is not dipped from this guy. And he plays through injury, obviously with a, uh, you know, a record like that. So well done. 223 points scored fifth most by in the first six game in the Super Bowl area era last week Tua, 262, three touchdowns, zero picks and 126 rating his third game this year with three-plus TD passes, most in the NFL. He leads the NFL with 1,876 pass yards, a 114 rating uh, on the season, and he's tied for the league with 14 passes. Mostert had 132 yards last week and three touchdowns. Uh, He leads the NFL with 11 touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, six catches, 163, and a touchdown. He leads the NFL with 814 receiving yards, most by a player, in the team's first six games of the season in the Super Bowl era, Jalen Waddell, since he returned from the injury, a touchdown in each of the last two games. 
The offense in itself leads the league in scoring at 36.2 points a game. Total yards, passing, and rushing. They lead in all those categories. So completely and totally dominant offensively. Defense a little below average. But all they really need to do is get a stop or two, let the offense do their thing, and they got themselves a W. Also, very good at playing with the league. They're tied for third in the league with 21 sacks total, and they're seventh in QB pressures. So it's constant. They're going after the other team's quarterback. It's making it a shootout. Is making it easy for them, right? If the Dolphins' offense can get it going versus a pretty good defense for the Eagles, that'll put a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense to keep it up, keep scoring. Dave, you forgot one very important thing. Van Ginkle! Oh, shit, of course. How, how can I not take the opportunity to Van Ginkle? Um, my mistake, Casey. I do apologize. I'm going to let it slide this time. Next time. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and take this thing to Monday Night Football. It's the San Francisco 49ers at the Minnesota Vikings, and the Niners are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yes, the two and four Vikings have only beaten the Winless Panthers and the Bears last week, 19 to 13 minus fields after that injury. Um, and after winning a ton of toss up games, as I mentioned last week, uh, and going 14 and three, the Vikes are on the other side of close games, all of their losses by three, six, four, and seven. Kirk Cousins, interestingly, tied for first in passes, touchdown passes at 14, and second in pass yards at uh, almost 1,700 yards. So, uh, but. That's with Justin Jefferson. Now that he's on IR, other guys have to step it up. Hawkinson has been good with six catches of 50 yards last week. He's tied for first among tight ends with receptions and third in receiving yards this season. And Jordan Addison, the rookie, has uh, fourth had his fourth uh, touchdown receiving of the season last week. So that's the most among rookies. So they're getting some productivity there. The run game, however, a huge disappointment, gaining just 75 yards per game to rank 30th in the league and against a very good run defense in San Francisco. Uh, that is going to be a real tough call to get the run game going this week. Seems like they'll be rendered one-dimensional in all likelihood. The Minnesota defense, just a bit below average in all stats. They do have 18 sacks, but just six takeaways on the season. Minnesota as a team, minus seven in the turnover ratio. That's tied for second worst in the NFL. Not good, right? Needless to say, they got to hold on to the football, hopefully create some turnovers, get that uh, ratio equaled out a little bit this weekend versus the Niners if they want to give themselves a chance. Well, Dave, the anointment of being labeled as a Super Bowl favorite took down another victim last week. So keep telling me the Cowboys suck because um, maybe that'll work the other direction. But up until last week, we hadn't seen Brock Purdy or this team face any real adversity. That yep. changed on Sunday. It was the Niners getting bullied on both sides of the football. Purdy, his worst game as a pro, 12-27, 125, a TD and an interception was what the Browns did, the blueprint or a one-off. Um, and that Browns defense is pretty special. So I don't think Very good. these 49ers are hopping uh, on the, the struggle bus by any means. Although they might struggle to find some healthy bodies. CMC, Debo, Trent Williams, George Odom, Dre Greenlaw, they're all in various day-to-day -day levels of injury. We're not sure what the status, uh, the status of any of them will be moving forward. But – Luckily for them, they get that extra day to heal up 
And for the first time in a long time, we saw the 49ers struggle to stop the run. Cleveland went for 160 or about 100 yards more than they usually hold teams to. Um, Doesn't look like it's going to be a factor against the Vikings as bad as they are at running the ball. But even with all the struggles and the injuries, they were still a Jake Moody missed field goal away from escaping Cleveland with a win. So it's not all doom and gloom. I would be shocked if they didn't bounce back in a big way versus primetime cousins, especially without Jetta on Monday Night Football and primetime, just a hunch. Yeah, I forgot to mention primetime Kirk Cousins, not effective. <laughs> we shall see. Oh, man, so many ways you can check out the football dudes. The Trend Zone is now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Yeah, don't forget, subscribe on YouTube uh, to our YouTube channel, like us on Instagram and Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Thank you. And while you're out there doing your surf thing, go ahead and uh, bookmark footballdudes.com. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy the games. We are. What are we, Dave? We are out of here. That's right.